Hi, pals. Quick note before the episode proper. A few weeks from now, we'll be releasing an episode on Being Mr. Wickham, a one-man show performed and co-written by Adrian Lucas, the actor who plays George Wickham in BBC AEPP Nemesis. We're telling you about it now because it's a live-streamed live event. So if you want to watch, you'll need to get a ticket and watch live because it's live. It's all live. There are performances on Friday, April 30, and Saturday, May 1. Um, I think some of them are 7.30 p.m. BST, which is like one in the afternoon. I don't know. Go on the internet. You can find it. That's at theaterroyal.org. That's theater with an R-E and royal, like we're a country with human mascots and sensible suits. Theaterroyal.org for more information. As a bonus, each of those performances is followed by a live Q&A with Adrian Lucas, which is, of course, super duper cool. We will be watching and hope you'll join us. Now enjoy whatever the hell we're talking about next. So last night on our Oasis Zoom, one year, cheers, bitches. Cheers. Friend Zoom. Friend Zoom. Pandemic. Saturday nights, always there, drop in or don't. Last night it became a twerking challenge to see if all these old white people could fucking twerk, and hardly any of us could, not surprisingly. And then afterwards, Neil and I were unsatisfied, and so we went online to try and figure out how to do it, and I learned the secret. What is the secret? The secret is if you have your hands on your thighs so that you're supporting yourself and you start with your back arched, like inward, so your butt is sticking out and then you move from there, that did the thing. That changed our minds about it and made it much easier to do it. We still weren't good at it, please. Don't uh, assume that we were. I learned from TikTok where it's... But what she said was you... Stand and you move your hips separately from the, your torso or whatever, right? Like you start by moving your hips and then you speed it up and then you bend over forwards and arch your back. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. So yeah, apparently man. there are different methods. It's like a yes. tail waggle. Like yeah. a, waggle, a waggling. Boom. Mm-hmm. A uh, waggle speaking waggle. of tails waggling, I am offended um, on... Uh, Thursday, someday this week, Julie sent us her customary, the episode is ready to be uploaded email the, for the, the last of our Death Comes to Pemberley episodes, right? We've, and I, I'm assuming that we have talked about this. We're calling it Dick Tub, which doesn't make sense because it's it would be Dick Tup or Dick Tap, <laughs> hence the Dick Tap conversation in the last episode. But we're, we're calling it Dick Tub. And what is that? Holy shit. Was that me? Was that a motorcycle that just went past you, Julie? What was that? Yeah. It sounded like... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Anyway. Yeah, just living on crap, baby. I responded to that email with um, what I thought was just like a real... Like a a pending classic in the drunk cast sing-along canon. (laughs) And it was dick tub, woo Every day they're out there making dick tub. Right? And no one said anything. Man, when I saw it today, I started laughing. Because I never check my email during the week. Crickets. Here's the thing, Allison. I saw, like, on my phone, I saw the email come through, and I saw the beginning of, I saw dick tub, a woo. That's what I saw. And I was like, I was going to reply with the next line. You took care of the the entire first three lines. I I mean, have we met? I almost did the entire thing. (laughs) Welcome to Podlander. Welcome to... Welcome to Austin Austin and Podlander Drunk Cast Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Ah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And we're talking about the first episode of The Wine Show. Um, so this is a Podlet Adjourn cast, Austin Austin crossover, as they really all are, because we don't actually differentiate this shit at all. Sorry if you're confused. Um, don't Someday. care. One don't yeah. care. Whatever. Just just ride it, baby. Just ride it. Whatever. It's a it's, 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 uh, kangaroo skin, you know. Just you support know. your knees and ride it. You got this. Mm-hmm. You just bend at the waist. <laughs> Waggle. Move your hips. Waggle. Um, so, yeah, so DuckTales, uh, which just had its series finale of the, n- the new iteration of DuckTales. Series? Just had its series finale, yeah. Just series? Ended. Yeah. Oh. Uh, by the way, if you ever need a little pick-me-up, I highly recommend going to the YouTube and looking up the DuckTales theme and scrolling until you get to the cast, the new cast of DuckTales singing the original DuckTales theme song uh, because it's a delight. Um, it's just like you haven't really lived until you've seen Danny Pudi go, it's a duck blur. Like it's just <laughs> the best. Um, but the but the thing that really makes it, the thing that really makes it is that the, the um, bridge is, that's the first time they cut to my husband. And... He, it's the part where you have to belt, um, and it is very funny and endearing and also weirdly hot, but I think that might just be me. But he's got the danger, watch behind you, this stranger out to find you, and it's so charming. Anyway, I highly recommend. Also, Beck Bennett seems to be drunk. Uh, it's just Bobby Moynihan is there. I just, I, I highly recommend it. Ben right. Schwartz. Mm-hmm. But that's not the wine show. No. Although I would love to see Danny Pudi on the wine show. Love it. Larry, I'm on the wine show. Um, <laughs> so what did y'all think? Uh, it's, uh, some additional context in case you missed the last episode. We are um, taking a little oh. uh, a side quest. As an aside, I was checking this up. I know one of the, ri- I know one of the writers for DuckTales, the new one. Oh, cool. Uh, this cool. Is very, it's so random. Her name's Colleen Evanson, and we went once on a random... Uh, mountain climbing, rock climbing excursion hmm. uh, and just happened to know her. We were Facebook friends for a very long time. Saw that she was doing that on Facebook before I left Facebook. I just checked it out. I was like, was that, did I make that up my mind? So anyway, call out to Colleen, man. Good I know. Nice. I like very distantly internet know someone on the DuckTales writing staff, staff as well. Um, and his name is Ben Seaman, I think. Simon? Ben Seaman. Benjamin Simon. However, he is going to be better known to some listeners of this podcast um, as grocery clerk with half an eyelid. Oh Um, yeah, uh, that's that's him. Sorry, sorry. I guess uh, I derailed this the beginning of this, and that's maybe indicative of my thoughts of this show. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's in the very in the spirit of it. So we are talking about the wine show in conjunction with talking about men and kilts. It's our little side quest because. Uh, two of our Outlander hunks did a broad trip, and then two of our Dick Tub hunks <laughs> did a broad trip with the wine show. Um, and I think that these two are in interesting pair in that they've got very different problems mm-hmm. and very different strengths, and yet the end result is like sort of a similar charming mixed bag. It's like a technology that's been done for thousands of years, but expresses itself differently. <laughs> Ooh, that's a read. Ooh, that's a read. Uh, so real quick, before we talk about what happens in this, the first episode of The Wine Show, some, thought, some thoughts. What are, Julie, what are your thoughts on the old wine show? Well, it's very pretty. 
And anytime I get to watch a travel show that shows me places I've never been or may never go, I'm always kind of into it, especially when they're so gorgeous. Hmm. I also, uh, I, I mentioned this in the crowdcast right after we finished watching it. I kind of don't understand why the mats are there. Like, maybe to get people to watch it, I guess. But the show seems way more about the sommelier dude. And uh, that's fine. The mats are charming and funny. And I guess they're maybe kind of a a noob's way into wine. Like, people who don't know so much about wine learning about it. I, I I get that we're supposed to sympathize with them. But it just felt, I think an hour is too long. Yes. Well, this is one of the places where... um Every once in a while when you're watching British TV, you're like, why does this feel so much longer? Then you're like, oh, right, because it is actually longer because of commercials, right? Like, it's just a totally different way of making TV. It just feels different. Um, And also, if if you feel like being a little bit horrified and amused at the same time, look up British responses to... uh, the experience of watching the Harry and Meghan and Oprah interview, not based on anything but the commercials, because they're all horrified by how many of our commercials are for medication. Yep. Um, yep. It's uh, extremely funny and upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Universal healthcare. So uh, I, agree, I agree, Julie, is my point. I think mm-hmm. it's, um, it probably wouldn't exist without them being involved, right? Yeah. Like that's, Sort of how the, it's like Ewan McGregor did his long um, way around, long yeah, way down. his yeah. motorcycle thing, which wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Ewan McGregor. And mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, they stars would definitely not have made a Scotland travelogue series if it wasn't Sam Hewan and Graham McTavish, right? So it's, it's I think a little like cost of admission. In this case, I don't care at all because I think they're hilarious and charming, and also I want to lick them. So like. <laughs> like all cylinders for me. Um, But it does feel a little, um, and I think the show wants to create that vibe. It feels a little bit like, what are you doing here? Like that's the energy. Every time Matthew Reese tries to crack a joke and that Somalia guy is like, did you put this thing in my head? Why'd you put this thing in my head? Yeah. That I think it reinforces that idea, but I kind of dig that vibe. Um, And I certainly enjoyed watching the two of them drink wine and get enthusiastic about the things that they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, just as going through, like we started at that incredibly beautiful vineyard in South Africa that as they started the description of it, I'm like, are we going to, are we going to talk about who those people were? Are we going to talk about those Dutch colonizers? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. We are. And then when they mentioned it and talked about how South Africa couldn't export wine during apartheid, Neil and I looked at each other and we're like, good. Yeah. Like, don't, it felt like the show was a little bit sympathetic in a weird way, the wrong side. And we were like, um, all right. And then when we got out of the South Africa chunk, I was like, okay, fine. But it kind of left a weirdly bad taste in my mouth. It had had an odd, um, uh, economists have this problem where they just kind of talk very amorally about things and are just like, this is what happened in this industry because this thing has stopped and they're like, this is blah, blah, blah. It felt a very, like, very like, we're not talking about this at all. We're acknowledging that this hurt the industry and we're not going to acknowledge that sanctions work and there was a reason for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Good, yeah, it was very like, it was a little bit, um, I don't want to necessarily say tone deaf, but tone deaf is probably. No, I think tone deaf is good. It's yeah. because uh, like, 
sure, that seems like that was probably a temporary loss to the wine community. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's, More important things going on. Bro. Yeah, I think, yeah. May, and, and these, sure, like, there's oh. a great wine out there, and it's a shame oh. that people can't try it, but... Oh, no. and, like, think about the timing in which they started that winery back up in 1986. Hadn't been around for hundreds of years. Started back up in 1986 in the fucking height of apartheid. Right. Like, this was a bunch of fucking racist white people who started this thing back up. Yeah, yeah, there's issues. And then, Lots of issues. <laughs> then they threw my gal's name, Jane Austen, in there, and I was like, okay, fine. And then they tried to lump her in with Napoleon and talk about how Napoleon got cases of this shit delivered to Elba. And I'm like, don't sympathize with Napoleon either. Regency, baby. I've been watching, for reasons unrelated to the podcast, I've been watching a lot of... Um, BBC documentaries about the Regency. Um, lots of Lucy Worsley traveling around in costumes. Lots of like, and then Jane Austen went to Bath, right? Like that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I, like I'm st- I'm drowning in it right now, and uh, and enjoying it very much. It's extremely comforting. Seriously, if you've never seen Lucy Worsley, you got it. Julie, you're a PBS fiend. You yes. must you must be familiar with the, the work of one Lucy Worsley. I am not. <gasps> okay. I will be now, though, because that's what I want in my life. Okay, so Lucy Worsley is, I think her title is the curator of royal palaces or something. She's a historian Mm -hmm. um, who works in museums and knows a lot about architecture and history and all kinds of things. She does these specials where she's talking about a specific period in history that's part her wandering around those places, sometimes places that have never been open to the public and showing us amazing things, and part her in costumes commenting on historical reenactments. (laughs) And it's the best. I'm in. So, so it's like, so she has one about Jane Austen. That was the first one. I mean, I've seen a lot of them, but the what of what I've been watching recently, she has one in Jane Austen. There's one. I think her, the one that I was first aware of is Secrets of the Six Wives, and it's about Henry VIII's wives. Mm. But royal myths and histories, all that kind of shit. It is great, Lucy Horsley. Um, is does the um, series or show have a name? Just look, they all have different names. It's all like three episodes long, like British TV, right? Teeny Mm -hmm. tiny series. Um, So Lucy Worsley's Royal Myths and Secrets, Lucy Worsley's Secrets of the Six Wives, Lucy Worsley's... It's like the the Magician show where he's like, you know, unmasking magic stuff. They're all different shows, but it's the same show. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, She has a very specific lane and it's a lane I love. But now I don't remember why we were talking about this. Uh, Hold on, oh, Jane Austen. So Jane Austen and Napoleon. So every single one of them is like, Jane Austen, Napoleon. Jane Austen, Napoleon. It's this, I'm listening to a, a Regency, an audiobook about Regency history, and it's all like, while Jane Austen was riding Bride and Prejudice, Napoleon was storming across toward Waterloo. Like, it's all like that. So mm-hmm. it does not surprise me that those are the two names she mentioned. However, Jane Austen could not have afforded that wine. She was, they didn't have money. So maybe she was having it at her rich brother's house. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Napoleon getting his 30 bottles of wine, I guess not. Drink That's a, not cool. Drinking yeah, a bottle a day, motherfucker. Yeah, don't don't talk to me about that, and don't make it weirdly like you sympathize with Napoleon just because he bought your product. Yeah, yeah. Like, was just, it was a weird segment. Yeah, the the South Africa part was strange, but you know what? It it was gorgeous, yeah. and I it made me want to go to a place that I'd never thought about visiting. Cape Town just looks amazingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, I'm like 
I this show is beautiful when they when those men break the fourth wall and they look at that <laughs> camera. Like I, there's a I imagine this show is going to be extremely beautiful, pretty like, you know, drunk. Uh but <laughs> what what I'm really struck by suddenly is like how that veneer is covering is like over an industry that benefited highly from some really questionable practices by the people who were making these vineyards and colonizing across the world. Mm-hmm. And like th- their first fucking segment was in fucking South Africa, where that was probably the, like the worst of the worst kind of scenarios, not even a fucking acknowledgement of it besides saying, Oh, but there was anti-apartheid apartheid sanctions and they couldn't sell for eight years. Yeah. It was weird. It did I, sit weird with me. I'm, yeah. sudden, I'm suddenly not feeling so good about this show. But then I think that they, maybe they did that first to, for lack of a better phrase, get it out of the way. Because then when we got to the French and Italian segments, it seemed a lot more normal. I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. But it made me, it made me think twice. Next level. It's like the white, it's just nothing but white people then. It's also the 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 migrant workers. The only one woman who's in the show is at the very end in this weird sharing time with the main sommelier. Like there's a lot. uh, And she had to be in Daisy Dukes too. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling good about this show at the moment. I think, and it's on yeah. iTunes. Fuck everything, you know. Like, <laughs> well, that's you not, wanted to hate it to begin with, but that's I, not yeah. on the wine show. This isn't an Apple show. This is a BBC show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or maybe it was ITV. Regardless, it was made in the UK. It just happens to be the place that it's streaming now. I think originally it's streaming home was on Prime. So, like, I don't. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I also think. I mean, you can't make a show about wine. This is. I'm going to sound way fancier than I am right now, but. You know, based on my knowledge of the the wine industry, um, they couldn't do a show about wine and not talk about South African wines at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's better to, I think, better to address it and move on than to not address it at all. Mm-hmm. And obviously this isn't the kind of show where they were going to do an extended segment on apartheid. Um so I do think that probably they assumed that everybody agrees that apartheid was bad, but it did come across really weird. It came across right? weird. Yeah. yeah. It hit weird. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, there were some other really cool things, uh, and I'm sure we'll get there, but our next segment is we did South Africa and the two, and uh, we learned Matthew Reese, Reese to his friends. Yeah. He and I agree. Sweet wines can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Totally. Sweet wines, uh, fucking just take Thumbs a hike. Down. Take a hike. Yeah. I, Not agree for me. With, I agree with Mr. Fancy Sommelier, the winecorn. Winecorn, I'm keeping it. Um, okay. Because of the yeah. thing on his... It's because yeah, of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I He's, sort uh, of agree with wine. him in that <laughs> I have had dessert wines that I really like, but I've had way more that I don't. Um, so I think it's like I don't love... First of all, Mm. I'm never saying dessert wine again. Pudding wine. Yes! Oh my God, I fucking wrote that down and I was like, yeah, Yeah. that's right. That is right. Pudding wine. Pudding wine. (laughs) Gonna get myself a nice port, you know, for pudding Uh, wine. Pudding wine. When we think about it in those ways, like port or sherry or some of that shit, I'm down. Because it is a very specific part of a, a meal, like the finishing, like a dessert kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, before I say sweet wines can all go fuck themselves, <laughs> I have enjoyed some sherry and 
maybe the best wine pairing a sommelier at a restaurant has ever done for me was a sherry paired with, um, we were at, unfortunately, a Mario Batali restaurant in New York. This was long before we knew that he was a fucking monster. Um, but there was this course and it was a goose liver pate ravioli. And it was incredibly delicious, very rich. You know, it's got that liver flavor. And when we asked the sommelier what he would pair with it, he goes, this is the hardest dish I've ever had to pair with. And the only wine we have out of this entire list, and the wine list was extensive, that I think works with it is this sherry. And then he did us a solid and charged us for one glass and split it between two glasses so that Neil and I could share it. It was transformative. Wow. It was so good. So I do, you know, deep in my heart of hearts, I know that there's a place for sweet wine. But when I'm thinking about just hanging out and drinking, I need that bone dry, baby. Oh, bone yeah. Bone dry. Yeah. Yeah. See, I only ever really think about pudding wines at the end of a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, or as an ingredient in something else, which obviously mm-hmm. the wines they're drinking here we you would not use for cooking. But, um, but I got really into, like... Incredibly nectary, mead-like, very raisiny dessert wines for a while when I was working at Provisions. Um, mm-hmm. But just after like a feast, right? I love I love the things that are great for before you eat and the things that are great for after you eat. But mostly, I just drink Underberg. <laughs> Underberg. Underberg. Right out of the bottle, um, Janine. What? I I didn't get your overall thoughts before we go segment by segment. Julie and I got hung up on, I don't know, we probably got distracted by Matthew Reese's beautiful face. That's and fair. His, his and eyes. His, that and his quarantine beard. Yeah. Great beard. Great I know beard. that's not quarantine, but it, but it's a quarantine beard. Good beard. His eyes are amazing. He had a Jim Halpert thing going on that entire episode. Like make a joke and then slowly kind of look at camera, but not really look at camera. Yeah, his whole vibe, <laughs> his whole vibe was like, yeah, I know. Why am I here? Like, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's paid. do this. I'm, I'm having a great fucking time. This, this guy was like, I'm being paid to sit in a villa in Italy to talk about wine. I don't... What? You guys, I'm I wasted. Need to, this could be anybody, and it's me. Fuck, fuck, fine. Yep. Yeah. I do have a note that says Italian villa in quotes, and then I wrote, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so my opinion of this show, uh, too long. Um, yes. Like, it's got... This should, it doesn't matter about the, the commercial aspects of this. There's just too many, too many parts to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me a good solid sec. Oh my God, the Chalaman solid just got me. Oh, I just got a spice. <laughs> um, w- hold on. Was it the Chalaman masala or was it the piece of plastic? No, that plastic's Friends. here, but fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> Janine, Janine accidentally fidgeted a giant piece of plastic into his lunch. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Anyway, so um, just give me a nice segment with that sommelier, like going off and like doing an exploration. Great. Then give me the mats, looking at cameras, winking and smiling, you know, waving, high-fiving each other. And that's about all I needed. And then that segment at the end, that was oddly, which we'll get to, which is oddly competitive. I just, Mm. that's about the point where I I stopped paying attention and I was just kind of listening. I like muted, went to the bathroom and then I like got some Oreos and I just didn't need that last third of the show. It's it's interesting content. I just didn't, it doesn't need to be too many segments. Yes. I think it would have been better if they had chosen like episode one, the wines of multiple Montepulciano and just done the Italian segment. Yes. Yeah. And then episode two, maybe do the South African segment. Yeah. And then they could have had an episode that's just 
chefs picking their desert island wines and pairing them with food. Yeah, because that, that looked amazing. That guy, the coffee fucking red eye gravy baby, red wow, eye wow, gravy. Wow, wow, man, that's real. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, I'm really interested in that chef, and I meant to look his name up, and I forgot. But the idea of being a chef in London from Mississippi cooking traditional, quote-unquote, American Southern food but using British ingredients and produce is so cool. Yeah. And I could taste that dish when they showed it, that venison dish with the persimmons and the the red-eye gravy. Oh, it was so pretty, and I bet it did go with that wine really, really well. Like that wine was the one I wanted to drink the most. Yeah, that French me too. wine. Mm-hmm. Me too. Although I also wanted to drink the Dora wine because, not to be confused with the Explorer, um, because, if only because her shirt said wacky on it. Like I just really mm-hmm. loved her that her whole vibe. I'm very into. She's like, this is my this is my daughter, and her daughter just kind of nods the camera. Yeah, you can eat a grape. Wacky. <laughs> like I was just that, was that her daughter her. or her sister? I think daughter. I think she said daughter. daughter. Oh, but Mm -hmm. she she grows with her sister. I thought they said daughter. My sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I I agree with Aaron in that I feel like the segments. Who's Aaron? Sorry, Janine. It could have been shorter. But anyway, Patty, where were we? Um. Somebody said Bloody Nora, and I need to know. I think it was Matthew Good said Bloody Nora about something. Oh, I thought it was. Either how much something cost or. I thought it was Blooming Laura, because I wrote I that down, it, too. I thought it was yeah. Blooming Laura. I thought I it was Bloody Nora. I don't know what it was, but I remember <laughs> at them, that moment having, a, co- having a thought where I was like, man, British people really know how to have exclamations that don't have cursing in them that are always unique, and I'm, I wish I had that skill. <laughs> Bloody is technically a curse word in England. But if it's Chef blooming. Brad McDonald, by the way. Yeah, that guy was very interesting. And I'd watch a show about his, like, how he decided to choose London and, like, what that's about. So that's. He's got a cookbook. Cool. He's got a cookbook called Deep South. Um, the next segment that I would like to discuss is the gadget segment, which is <laughs> where he stuck that fucking vacuum sealer <laughs> cork to the dude's head, which. I did find hilarious because I think that sommelier is in on the joke, obviously, but his um, affect is sometimes very off-putting because it, uh, Neil and I have had experiences where we've gone to fine dining restaurants and the sommelier is a jerk. And we've had experiences where the sommelier is amazing and so excited about their job and so happy to like, share something with you and this guy i don't think he's a jerk but he it feels like he's putting on a little bit of the sommelier jerk thing and yeah it seems like the the vibe that they're cultivating is drunk cast with disapproving janine yes as opposed so like drunk cast when i sleep in very specifically (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's very specifically that. Although I was, as I was thinking about this, <laughs> J- we uh, a lot, a lot of, about this analogy doesn't work. First of all, Janine doesn't watch the show all the time, so no. he's not coming from a place of expertise in he, expertise on punctuality, but not necessarily <laughs> on other things, right? Um, so so I have disapproving a set of skills, and also most of, yes, yes, you and Liam Neeson. Um, <laughs> Very particularly disapproving Janine, because obviously Janine is lovely. Um, However, Goody and Reese, 
It's like, well, Goody seems to know about wine, and Reese is there to fuck off, which would that would be make me Goody and Julie Reese. However, when we're actually recording, Julie has the notes, and I can't focus. So then Julie is Goody, and I am Reese. And either way, I just want them to kiss. Mm -hmm. You know what that made me think of, and I just couldn't stop it coming into my head. I saw Goody Starbird talking with the devil. (laughs) I saw Goody Shoemaker talking with the devil. Anyway, the the gadget segment is what is bringing me to this, like, realization of how they're trying to play the sommelier thing. Those gadgets... I know that if you're spending $500 on a bottle of wine, which is, in my opinion, completely ridiculous, but I know that there are people who do, I can understand needing that, like, argon gas thing or whatever, but no, just drink the bottle, people. I I felt no single moment of this episode. <laughs> well, no, first of all, the, the most... Wow, I feel seen moment was when they were fucking off in the credits and they were like, and the camera's still running. Right? It was like, yeah. <laughs> and they God. talked about Dance Monkey Dance because that's right after I wrote, why do they need these actors? And I was like, ah, oh, that's uh. <laughs> So that was one. Been but, there. But Been two there. is when Matthew Reese was like, I have a question. Why? <laughs> yes, I have, one, I have one simple question. Why? Yeah. Because <laughs> I get removing the air gadget. Right, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. like a a small step up from the just thing that I have, where you just mm-hmm. pop like a silicone cork or whatever into the bottle. Uh, I that I can understand, especially if you're getting nicer but not crazy expensive wine. Right, like if you're mm-hmm. spending sixty dollars on a bottle of wine and you have two glasses and then you save the rest for tomorrow, then I mm-hmm. understand that. Um, the other one. No. No. To Kevlar vest for your wine? No. And like and then you have to go back and think about the person that did it before they mandated the Kevlar vest for the wine and who got like did they get hurt? Were yeah. they cut by shattered glass? Did the expensive fucking $600 bottle of Vendepay just explode like plus then what are you doing with your overpriced expensive decanter, right? Like are you taking your wine that comes out like tiny drops at a time yes and then into a giant decanter like what are you i don't get it yeah i'm anti-gadget unless it's super useful Mm -hmm. um this this segment is the one that felt the most piloty to me like this was the segment Mm -hmm. they were like okay so we can get sponsorships so, okay, so how are we going to get sponsorships? Well, we can do wine gadgets. Oh, yeah, fucking wine. People love gadgets. They fucking yay. So uh-huh. what do we got in our, what have we got in our, uh, our repertoire? What's, what's here at the villa? I just, well, I just. What's here at the villa? <laughs> I just remembered him putting the thing on his head. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were just like, well, we got this thing. Oh, cool. Uh, they were definitely drunk. Julie, oh, yeah. you weren't in the crowdcast, yes. but at that point in the crowdcast, I turned on my mic again to say they are wasted. And Janine said, yeah, this is definitely a two-episode day for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was totally the vibe. Well, you like, also, the, 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 because they all shot in the, they shot everything about that on the one day because they're all wearing the same outfit. Right. The light was failing at that 
part of the segment. They were just like, hey, here's what's at the villa. We're going to do some sp- spit. And uh, Reese was like, I'm fucking drunk. Let's make it happen. Let's okay. do it. Unicorn <laughs> Turn the cameras on. Turn the cameras on. Okay. Emmy winner Reese. Mm-hmm. Emmy yeah. winner. Any, mm-hmm. Emmy winner? Oh, yeah. He won the an Emmy for the Americans. Oh, wow. I, it, was a big, it was a big upset, actually, because the Americans was sort of chronically under-rewarded um, given its excellence. Yeah. Who did he beat? A whole slew of people. Oh, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it okay. up. Um, Surprisingly aware of himself. I love that. Oh, there he's was, the best. Yeah. He's, he's Matthew Reese is cool as hell. My, my love for him has definitely grown since we started re-watching Dick Tub. Ooh. Um, ooh. So uh, Matthew Good is, he's got a little bit further of a hill to climb for me because he wears like the deep V-neck and the like fucking fedora. And I'm like, uh, he's funny and charming, but I'm like. Mm. Yeah, he's, def- he's definitely the senior of the frat house. But there is <laughs> a moment where he has a visible reaction to the sommelier whose name I just didn't even take the time Joe, to write his down. name is Joe. Joe, thank you. When Joe said the phrase resolutely French to describe a wine and Matthew Good looking directly at the camera going, Hew! like what, what joke went through his mind? I don't know. Kind of wish I knew. <laughs> you know, that is, a, that is a you thing for sure. So, <laughs> so maybe you're the goody and I'm the Reese. Okay, uh, Matthew Reese, the year he won an Emmy, beat Ed Harris, Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K. Brown, Milo Ventimiglia, and Jason Bateman. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Was that for Ozark? Yeah. For Bateman? Bateman okay. for Ozark, uh, mm. Sterling K. Brown and Milo for This Is Us, and Jeffrey Wright and Ed Harris for Westworld. Mm. Oh, Westworld. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Snag that I win. Know. I don't really have much else. We had the Italian segment, which was nice, and we've talked a little bit about that, but then this is that third act that we probably should just get to, right? So they split up, and it's Joe and Amelia, two sommeliers, I presume, Mm -hmm. and they are sent across the world. Joe goes to France to go to a very traditional winery vineyard. A a chateau. A chateau, even. Oh, my. And Amelia fucking humps down to Australia to go make wine with a punk guy. A punk PhD. I've had that wine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the Australian wine in particular and what it tasted like, I want all your notes on it because I have a whole thing in my mind about what a wine's label says to me and I need to be convinced that I'm being a snob. Please go. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I had this wine like four years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was, I had Monsters, Monsters Attack and I had Passion Has Red Lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both good. Um, I think generally, uh, if, if a wine has a cool or interesting label at minimum, it shows that the people making it care about how it looks. Mm -hmm. Um, but it it is a little bit in its presentation. Like I'm not a regular wine. I'm a cool wine. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I really liked Mm -hmm. the white in particular, if memory serves. Um, Okay. I'm not a regular wine. I'm a cool wine. I'm not a regular dad. I'm a cool dad. Cool dad. Yeah. Look yeah. at me. I I'm not wor- a regular wor- girl. I'm a cool girl. Listen, I smoke pot and I lift weights in my uh, garage. That's the vibe I just got off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking more like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, but I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I like that reference much better than where my brain went. Much yeah, better. no. I, w- I was definitely <laughs> thinking Mean Girls. Good. Um, 
<laughs> but it was good. I mean, it was good. And I think that that was like a like a badly produced segment that could yes. have been in it, first of all it was like an entirely different TV show it was like totally. they, yes. they tacked on a 20 minute TV show to the end of the episode I almost wonder if that's what the original pilot was supposed to be it was supposed oh. to be this level of engagement because it really did feel like it was highly produced like took a lot of effort to organize because they're traveling in different parts of the world mm-hmm. and they went to the effort of like the voiceover like banter bullshit that was going on oh and, yeah like, I hated that yeah like, me too I, I, yeah. I kind of think that's maybe what the pilot was meant to be and then they were like, listen, we can get these two fucking hot dudes. How's that sound? Great. Into it. So fucking up the interest level for me. Decided. 300%. Who I mean, it's wine? why we're watching. Yeah. That is true. It is. It, it works. All right. A brief interlude. You get to pick any two actors to do a show that's like this, but about beer. You get to okay. pair them up. Oh, I got, I got one of mine. Oh, I didn't pick the other guy. I I would say Nick Offerman. Ooh, that's good. That's and Catherine Hahn. <laughs> that's good. I think that'd be funny. But you know what? I need to I need to actually expand my thinking and be more inclusive. I need I I I want an actor or actress of color too cuz I I want a different perspective because the wine and beer world sometimes feels so white like yeah. I need yes. I need something else. So hold on, hold on. Let- Catherine Hahn stays. Okay. You got yours, Janine? I, I do. Go uh, ahead. Inspired off of yours. Actually, I would like Nick Offerman. But then my other per, uh, person would be Anthony Mackie. Oh. Because he is, I, I think he might be a bad host because he he knows how to take the shit out of so many people and he just enjoys himself. That I think him and Nick, Nick Offerman would be actually a really interesting pairing. They might not like each other. But I feel as if you'd get a lot of great, interesting banter. Um... And, you know, I think those two people know how to enjoy a simple thing. Maybe Catherine Hahn and Amber Ruffin. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good pair. Because I know Amber Ruffin likes to drink. I know she enjoys a margarita, but I bet she'd drink beer if we asked her to. I'm going, I'm going a little, I'm going like a little, this would never happen, but wow, would I watch it. Um, for the beer show. I do want it so bad. Sterling K. Brown and Liza Minnelli. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Come wow. on, my mind. Come on, you'd watch it. You'd oh, watch yes. it. Yes, of course I would. And then at the end of every segment, she'd stand up and go, I got a touch of the dizzies. <laughs> 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 and it, it would just be him like being very charming, and, and Liza would. It would be apparently in my head. I'm I'm not actually thinking about Liza Minnelli. I'm thinking about Kristen Wiig as Liza Minnelli, and Liza <laughs> Minnelli tries to turn off the lamp. Will the Fosse neck do it? And twisted the turn of a lamp. I don't have anything ben else Vereen, about this Ben Vereen, it's long. <laughs> ben Vereen, or is it Tommy Toon? No, it's, it's, it's Ben long. Vereen, it's long. I'm not getting anywhere with it. It's like Tommy it's like Toon. Tommy Toon, that's right. I'm not getting anywhere with this thing. It's like Tommy, Tommy Toon. Toon. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, too many shows in one, uh, but mm. I liked most of those shows. I and learned some things. Yeah, I, me too. That was fun, and I do love a travel show. I do. Oh, here's a thing we have to talk about, um, because we already talked about the the beauty of it, but just to specifically call out this segment, when they were fucking picking grapes at four o'clock in the morning with those headlamps on, 
mm-hmm. and waiting for the sun to rise. And everybody was like, they didn't want to wake the grapes. I was so charmed. It looked so peaceful. <laughs> Neil and I talked about what that must have been like back in the fucking 16 or 1700s. Was it like you sent people out with torches first and they set up torches like down the rows so that you could have general light. And then like, did you carry a personal like candle so that you could hold it close and be able to pick the certain <laughs> raisiny grapes? Like, was it a little ring, like a ring pop, a little wax candle on it so you could see what you were doing? Like, what the I was thinking, I was thinking you take a piece of muslin and you tie it around your forehead and then you attach a little candle, right? right like a, like a winicorn, like right on the top of your mm-hmm. head um, so that you can see. And then every once in a while, somebody would bend over too far and the entire vineyard would burn down. Yeah, I bet that happened. I'm sure it did. Well, yeah. So wine shows, what a fascinating season. So this th- that was all done in 2016, 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. The season two happens up until early 2018, and then they're like, 2020. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I think for this one, I'm, I'm committing to the oh. one season only. And oh, I know yeah. that Janine, yeah, Janine isn't going to watch the rest of it with us, no. but I'm... I, Neil and I were both like, you know what, this is pleasant enough that we can just turn it on and pay attention to it occasionally and be charmed by the uh, Matthews and yeah. Um mm-hmm. Also, after this season, uh, Matthew Reese is no longer on it because it conflicted with the Americans. So then okay. it's somebody else kind of famous and British, and I cannot remember who. Yeah, it's um, the guy, I, can, I confuse him with Thomas Jane all the time, but that's not him. Different dude. I have it pulled up. Let me. Oh no, I don't want to leave. We're recording. Don't leave. There we go. Um, I almost left the cast. Uh, let's see here. I have it pulled up. What's going on here? Ooh, mm-hmm. hey. Yeah, speaking of Regency, Matthew Reese played Lord Byron in a TV movie about Bo Brummel. <laughs> what? Want to watch that? Jesus Christ. Uh, oh man. It's uh, James Purefoy. Yeah, James Purefoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and and Dominic West is in this at some point. Oh, yeah, because they showed the image of him at the beginning. I'm incapable of thinking about Dominic West without thinking about Dominic West leaving a note on a bush assuring the world that his marriage is sound. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. (laughs) That was from the the heyday of fucking quarantine when I just felt like I was going insane all the time. Matthew. Everything's fine. Dominic West just making out with Lily, what's-her-face? James. Lily James, right? Yeah. 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 I'm going to leave it a note on a bush. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything else for this episode, but now we'll go and we'll watch, Allison and I will go and watch the entire series of Men and Celts in the entire first yeah. season of So our this. our next episode of this isn't going to be for a while yet. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have more episodes after that. Um, like, we're not going to just go away. But uh, we won't be wrapping up our Men and Celts and wine show free for all until Julie and I have both watched all of the episodes in the first season. And since Men mm-hmm. and Kilts is still ongoing, it's going to be a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got time. You don't have to binge all 15 episodes or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Not, I don't know if I could. I think I'd probably go crazy. Yeah. 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 Me too. Um, I only have one final thought. Please. That I, I just feel like this note has to be said. Do you think that Italian people get really sick and tired of the Godfather shit? Did they reference Godfather? Oh, yeah. When the sommelier was sitting there and he gave him the task and, like, they had the Italian music in the oh, background and he God. was like, and they were across the desk from him. It was straight Godfather 1. Yeah. On this, the day of my daughter's wedding. Like, that shit. 
And I'm like, do you think Italian people ever watch this? And I'm like, no, mama. No. I think they get pissed. I think that that they probably said to themselves, okay, Tom Hanks has done this in the cinematic classic. You've got mail. No one else needs to do it now. And everybody who has done it since Tom Hanks did leave the gun, take the cannoli, (laughs) take the cannoli. That was that was the cap. And now we're done. And don't everybody do else anymore. since then, don't do it anymore. Just, it's it, fine. Tom Hanks, no one else. Leave those Italian people alone. Shit. Shit! Um, do you have any right. final thoughts there, Janine? I I can only imagine that this show becomes more and more of a slog as it goes. That's just too long. That's, we'll let you know. We will let you know. I will say, yeah. in my nerdy TV critic circles, people love the wine show. Really? Um, yeah. So my guess it's, is that I'm, it streamlines the audience. a little bit. I'm not I'm the gonna, audience, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to no. say it probably it feels like it's going to find its way. Just yeah. like Men in Kilts, the first episode felt a little yes. wonky too. I feel like it will find its lane and then it probably will be a little bit more enjoyable. And I'm wondering whether or not the lane for the wine show includes more hijinks with the mats and less of the sommeliers. Yeah. Because we st- we didn't actually end up talking about those Daisy Dukes. That was weird. That was just stupid. That was weird. Uh, it was uh, pointless and made absolutely no fucking sense. And I just think it was part of the whole like uh, competition thing that we said was shoehorned in and just kind of distracting and dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, So the reason I was looking up the seasons uh, was because I was curious if they do any uh, American wines. And from what I gathered on my quick look, it didn't seem like it, which... I also take issue with Washington it's has the best wine in the world. Boop. Kind of a bummer because Washington and Oregon really do put out some very, very good wine. Yeah, I love my an fa- Oregon Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. My favorite sommelier experience in Las Vegas. Uh, we were at this big, you know, gaudy looking Las Vegas uh, wine bar. And we were like, hey, so uh, what's give us a recommendation for your best wine. We're going to drop whatever. And they're like, actually from Washington. And I was like, oh, we're from Washington. Thank you so much. Nice. <laughs> I had a Washington wine in one of the um, shitty sommelier stories that I have. <laughs> uh, when Neil and I went to Alinea, mm. oh. our, we had the wine pairing with the whole meal. Like we had saved up for this for months and it yeah, ended up yeah. being the celebration of when we bought our condo. So it was a very festive thing and not something we will probably ever be able to afford again. Yeah, But we did the whole shebang and that sommelier was not great he was he was obviously very knowledgeable but he was very stilted and uncomfortable at the table and like not you know not my jam yeah and one of the wines that was served was this delicious Syrah from Washington State that hilariously was called K Syrah Syrah not making it up (laughs) and because it was one of the few American wines on the wine list of the pairing with the meal I thought, I'm going to ask the sommelier if this is something I could find at a wine retailer somewhere here in Chicago. You know, like, Benny's has huge selections of American wine for every, from really expensive to port, right? And I said, is this something that I could find here in Chicago for sale, like, you know, at a Benny's or something? And he, he goes, I've been to those places. <laughs> and Neil and I... At the same moment, just looked across the table to each other. We're like, this motherfucker. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> what an we're asshole. like, oh, you've been to Benny's, huh? Yeah. I mean, fuck off. Like, yeah. ew. And then the polar opposite of that guy, also at a Grant Ackett's restaurant at Next, 
there is a sommelier who was currently working there at the end of last two years ago when it's the last time we went. That guy is magic. He's from Portugal. He's like 25 years old. He is so excited about wine and just wants to talk about all the wine and he'll bring you cool shit to try. And like, it was just night and day, but I've been to those places. What a fucking answer. God, what a dick. Uh, uh, all right. Well, hey, before we, I'm going to, I'm going to skip the scales because we'll, we'll do that when we do the yeah, overall wrap thing. Up. Um, so I have a question and we're going to do this live guys. I have a question. Uh, we'll it. pretend I've got it. I can either uh, have it be totally random and we'll pretend I'm holding one in one hand and pretend I'm holding the other one in the other. Or um, I can give you like, like three words to describe our two Pride and Prejudice options, and you guys can pick. Do you want random or do you want three words? I want three words. Okay. I'll take three words. Okay. Mm -hmm. So option A, we're going to say um, stage. We're going to say frozen. And we're going to say... <laughs> Uh, we're going to say um, um, Kate Kalsik. And then that's two words, but I'm going to jam them together. Friend okay. of the show. By the way, hopefully by this point, Kate will know that I just named dropped her, but I am doing that without her knowledge. So hopefully she's down with this idea. Uh, the other one we're going to say um, educational. We're going to say loyal. And we're going to say time travel. So, meh or meh? Option A or option B? To me, it comes down to between stage and time travel. Those are the two f words that pique my interest the most. I don't know. What do you think, Janine? I mean, I do love a good time travel. Time travel is always compelling. So yeah. we're doing time travel? Yes. I think so, Okay, yeah. great. So next... Our next episode will be focusing on First Impressions, the 1995 episode of Wishbone. <gasps> yes! <laughs> Which Fuck features yes. Pride and Prejudice. It aired November 9, 1995. It has an 8.1 rating on IMDb. It is episode 25 of season one. And I'm not sure where we're going to find it, but damn it, we're going to. Because we oh, are we'll watching find it. Fuck we are watching yes. the Pride and Prejudice episode of Wishbone uh, next. Yes! Um, I'm oh, really I'm glad. So I'm glad that, that y'all picked this one. What was the other option? Uh, nope. Pride and, no, because we're still gonna watch it. Okay, it's just not not now. Uh, Pride and Prejudice the musical. Pride and Prejudice a new Ooh. musical. Oh, okay. yeah. We'll get there too. We're gonna get. I, I mean, we still got. We've got we'll so many. Um, by like the way, this. people, I want to let everybody know. Um, a lot of you are suggesting that we do Bride and Prejudice. Um, yes, we're gonna. I, I just, I'm not sure why it is that that's the one that everybody thinks we won't have heard of, but I promise you, we're gonna get to Bride and Prejudice. Um, it's, I'm I'm trying to space out the like tentpole Pride and Prejudice adaptations, so and that's one of the big ones. So so we're gonna get there. Um, for now, 
that's going to do it. So you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Instagram by following me, and eventually there'll be one for us, I promise, and that's at Allison Chu. You can find us on Patreon where you can support the show, join our Slack channel, see our crowdcast, talk about Wishbone. I cannot so wait. Excited. I cannot wait for people to fucking hear that Wishbone is next. I feel like maybe we should schedule the crowdcast for next week and not tell people what we're watching. Ooh. And then they just show up and what's the story? Wishbone. Oh it's another book. I'm oh so excited. Oh my god, I'm already right. back in time. I love it. It's gonna be great. Time travel, bitches. Bye. 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 Bye.